This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. That's that music. I like to bob my head a little bit. That means playing it forward is back for another week. The bean pole next to me. Wow. Mike Sauter. We got matching shirts today, both hashtag girl dad. That's because we are. He gets the red. I'm, of course, black. Uh, no pun intended. Sort of, kind of. What are you trying to say? Sort of, kind of. Should be a fantastic week. We tried to... Hook up with this next guest for a couple of weeks. He's got a ton of range. I don't even know how we squeeze. This is truly probably going to be long form. We'll probably, we'll try to be as efficient as possible. We're not making any guarantees. My man Mike Sauter can help keep me in line. Is that po- is that possible? I'll just give you the finger wave. Let's go. Hurry. Well, up. that's why we have one of the best that's producers in, in the continental U.S. One of wow. Well, there may the, be one or two others. The well, I don't want to disrespect Cam or anybody. <laughs> As we welcome in, a, man, it, my man is in politics. He's a senator. He lawyers up. He He's a tremendous lawyer. You called him an activist. Con- concrete guy still, right? <laughs> he's, a, he's a visionary. As we welcome in. <laughs> oh, my main man, Justin Wayne, joins us this week. Justin, good afternoon, man. How are you? Good afternoon. This is actually the first interview I've done since the end of session. I uh, have took two months off of not talking to anybody about anything uh, just because of this interesting time that we're in. Yeah, see, that's what's kind of cool because one of the things that I like about you is, like, we could go anywhere. We could talk civics. You and I, we could talk community. We could talk sports. We could, like, you got range. So, We'll try to narrow this scope down, but you've done this a long time, right? You talk to a lot of people. You've been involved in the community. Pandemic aside, but that's part of the discussion. Have you, do you ever remember a time period or agent of change like you've seen in this last 12, 15 months? No, I think it's, it's interesting because you have all walks of life, uh, but well, there's two parts of things. You have all walks of life who are coming together while at the same time they are being polarized apart. Mm, and it's this yeah. constant tension of living in uh, this instant gratification society while trying to think long-term at the same time. And I think people are really struggling post-pandemic, uh, not because of the pandemic, but I think it just made people think, whether they're sitting at home thinking or they can't go out and play basketball or football, and it just made people think. And I think that struggle of what what to do now in life is is a uh, is a big deal for everybody, not just adults but kids. What do you think? What was what? What do you think is more difficult, you guys? Was it the fact that people being isolated figured out how much they didn't like themselves, or that they didn't end up liking as many people as they thought? As individuals, just took time to share whatever it is on that was on their minds. 
think it's a little of both. I think people sat there and reflected on themselves, but I think when you were sitting at home, all you got to do was look at social media. So you started this instant gratification of looking at everybody else's life and comparing to yourself. And when you're going to work every day, you're not really thinking about that. And when you're sitting back and you're not really working, but sitting in your house, you start looking around and like think Home Depot and Lowe's had like the their record breaker years because they were looking at home saying, I don't even like paint. Like this paint's bad. Uh, so it's, it's everything, you know, it was just everything all thrown together at once. Is there, is, how do you, I guess, what's one way we can all sort of come together? Like post pandemic. Well, it's all like early said, for that kind of no, question. Well, isn't I'm it? just, well, maybe, um, but I, I, I'm very, I, I just, I look at the, uh, whether it's back, even going back feels like forever ago, but the George Floyd, I mean, that was only a year ago, but it feels like it was 10 years ago. Sports isn't safe. Yeah. Politics isn't safe. People working from home. That's yeah. not, that's not a safe meeting ground. Like how can people come back together and, and not be so polarized or opposite or just angry yeah or mad um, they have to stop thinking about themselves and they have Uh-oh. to start putting themselves in other shoes people other people's shoes mm-hmm. and so uh, uh, when you sit at home and you just have naturally get to sit there and think about yourself i think that did a disservice to us as a community and so it's hard to start putting yourself in somebody else's position saying man you know i'm one step away from a bad decision that can wind me up in jail I'm one step away from a bad decision that I didn't really think was that bad, but could have long-term consequences. I, I just think we, we got to start thinking about each other and not so much ourselves. It's interesting. Obviously uh, in the legislation, uh, a ton of ideas, a ton of proposals. You, you're not fresh off a of session, but two months off of session, you saw a lot of laws um, try to be put in place and, and and actually put in place, man. Did at what point where you know you've got to serve constituents? Are you thinking, man, whose greater good is this? Is that the, is that the main struggle in doing what you do? Because you want to see it from other people's vantage points, but not all vantage points are other people serving. Like, how does that well, work? So the, the problem we have in politics and the problem we have uh, really in sports, all of it, is people don't understand the timeline. They just want to look at snapshots, right? It's like, oh, Chris Paul didn't win a championship, so his whole career is thrown out the window. But you got to look at the timeline. And the timeline of it is, let's talk about George Floyd and police brutality in, in a nutshell, is I'm one generation removed, and people don't understand that. They think that because Obama was elected or something happened that, that uh, now all race relations are, are okay. But people have to remember, my father was in the 1966 and 1968 riots in Omaha. And when he was growing up, it was the police who were an extension of the KKK and racism. That's one generation removed. So for them to think that my generation or even my kids' generation is somehow going to be able to ignore the cultural the uh, body language when people walk around police and interact with police, it's just, to me, doesn't make sense. And, and so it goes to me back to this, we're living in the here and now, and we're not trying to think about the long-term and the timeline. Like again, I'm one generation removed, one generation. And they think that, well, Justin, you're fine. You, you're an attorney and you interact with cops differently. Yeah, but 
that doesn't change the fact that my dad didn't. And we had those conversations growing up. So we're trying to make a difference for my kids, but it, it didn't happen overnight. It's not going to be solved overnight. How far? So I go back. Listen, I'm, I'll go back to school board, right? Where we have some policies and procedures that we want to put in place, whether it's GPA, whether it's uh, getting, getting students uh, eligible, what does extracurricular actually mean? It seems like years ago when Man. we tried, when we're, we're kind of for this greater good, we're like, okay, kind of what you're saying. Don't just live here and now the immediacy of a 2015 or 2016 calendar year. What does this mean in 2024 for our kids, right? Because I think that's kind of what you're thinking was big picture. What makes it so difficult, in your opinion, to where we become so short-sighted even though greater good is what we're after? Like, why is that balance so such a fine line to walk? The white savior complex. Oh, well, here we go. <laughs> oh, hey, that got our hey, <laughs> Sasha looks around the corner like, huh? What? What? So, I mean, listen. Care, listen care to honest, elaborate? So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Need a little so more. Beyond, I mean, and this is what I've been struggling with, right? Like, I'm a Democrat, but I struggle with Democrats because. When I was on the school board to your GPA requirement, I went to Chicago for about national tournament, Drew Joyce, good friend of mine. And I'm sitting around coaches and I just ask them, why, how come y'all don't recruit Omaha? And at the time there was a, a championship team that ran six out of seven years. And they were like, some of your best players have 1.1 GPAs. Mm-hmm. Why would I go there when I could go to Chicago or go someplace where they at least have a GPA requirement where I have, I have a chance to get in that kid into Michigan. And that was actually from the Michigan coach. And he knew four out of the five kids on that team. And so I came back that year. I was like, let's do a GPA requirement. And man, I got beat up. And they were literally telling me that if we have a GPA requirement, black kids are going to drop out of school, that they're there only for sports. And I was like, no, there's 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 a way we can do this. And so we set aside dollars for tutor and training. Then it became watered down. But to me, what I see over and over in the legislature and everywhere is I know what's best for you and your community. Mm-hmm. I know what's best and I can solve this problem today. Just let me do it. And we've never been able to be economically independent or, or thought independent. We are dependent upon nonprofits. If you look at Omaha and you look at if you are a successful African-American, however you define success, you are often picked off by a nonprofit. So we don't have an entrepreneurial spirit of how to create our own businesses and run a business because we have a lot of money who, what I call the white savior complex, who comes in and says, we're going to solve all your problems instead of letting North Omaha and South Omaha solve their own problems. So I, I think that's our biggest problem. Um, and that goes all the way back from the school board with the GPA. And I remember me and you going round and round on how to do it. Yep. And you even tweaked my thought about, okay, we got to phase it in and we got to do all that. But at the end of the day, we got so much pushback because they thought kids couldn't rise to expectations. And I just disagree. Yeah. So that's kind of the, that's mm-hmm. kind of a crazy thing, right? Because you, you want, you want autonomy. You want, you want the, you want to be empowered to be able to, to, do something on your own. 
Yet the wherewithal, whether it's financial or the mental capacity, may take a little bit of help. How do those two worlds come together in your opinion, Justin? If I say, hey, listen, I, I need a little bit. I got all these. I'm a big idea guy. Mike, Mike saw it a better example. Big idea guy. But, man, you know, we need some legal need some legal representation. Let me make sure I got all my I's dotted, my T's crossed. He, he goes to Justin Wayne. Justin advises. You, you talk 5, 10, 12 hours. And all of a sudden, Justin Wayne says, man, you know what? That's a, that's a pretty good idea we came up with, right? Like, how, do you, how does it go from, you know what I, you know what, you know what I mean? Like, see, I, see I'm gu- I've been yeah. guilty of that, where I'm like, man, I feel like I have some skin in the game now. Like, hey, how can I? Hey, I want to I want to help. Yeah. So, so how do we, do you know what I mean? It, like, there's this it dynamic. To, it goes back to that we have to stop thinking about ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, we have to be more altruistic, and we're just not, we and I don't know if it's Omaha, and this is where I'm struggling. This is kind of why I took some time off. I don't know if it's Omaha and Nebraska, and, and maybe they mean uh, what, what the state slogan is, Nebraska's not for everyone. Maybe that's <laughs> it. <laughs> because outside of here, I see it, but I don't see it as big. And maybe it is because of the money we have. I mean, look at sports. I mean, can we get AAU teams to ever come together and play and go out and actually, like, win a whole bunch of tournaments? No. Because, hey, I got my kids should get a little more playing time. So we're going to start our own select team. How many select baseball teams do we got? How many select? I mean, so, yeah, it's like. If, per if per capita, it's a big it's number, a unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> but but that translates into, I think that's the Omaha mentality. And, I mean, because it's in the business world. It's like, hey, that's our idea. Well, maybe it's not. Uh, it's my idea. Well, then fine. I'm going to go. Then I'm going to compete. I'm just not going to let you have it. I'm going to go take the idea and compete. And that is exactly what's going on in youth sports. That's, a, that's why I quit coaching. Now, I'm going to get back because my daughter wants to coach, play basketball. But it's just, it, I don't know if it's Omaha or what. I can't figure it out. It might just be people. It could be just the way. I'm, I mean, have you ever seen some of the meltdowns we have in drive throughs And, like, we're, we're, we're talking <laughs> yeah. about, like, seven minutes. Or Walmarts or whatever. Yeah. And, and people act like it's seven years. Man, It might just be a people thing. But think of how many lost or missed opportunities, and let's talk sports a little bit. If so, I graduated '98, and back then it was just Valentinos, and, not, and then the Bears kind of started around then. But if we if we actually had some really really strong AAU teams, and we went out and just really competed, and that how that could have drove other opportunities for the kids who might be at the D2, D3 level. I just feel like we missed a lot. I think it's getting better now, and a lot has to do with Mike, I think, over the years, pushing that out there. But how many missed opportunities do we have because we just – we couldn't put down self, and we had we, had, we, we, we just had to think about how, what's best for me and my kids instead of what's best for everybody. How do we – on that note, how, how do we serve others better? Well – there's an old saying that programs don't change people, people change people. And I think we got to invest in the right people. And and the problem we have is we invest in our friends and sometimes we're or our associates and we're scared to have that difficult conversation and say, Hey, I like you, but uh, you ain't the best damn coach. Uh, we're going, we going, we need to put this coach with these kids so they can grow and do better. But we won't do that because we like the person. We don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Uh, so that, I think that's one of it. 
and some of the things is like what we did in the legislature this year, you know, Elkhorn wants to build a big facility and we carved out some taxes or some uh, turn back tax dollars for North and South Omaha. If North and South Omaha were to build a smaller facility. So you can have those conversations to maybe bridge those gaps, but I think it comes back to, um, you can't just transfer. You can't just get up and walk away. Sometimes you just got to stick in it and, and fight it out. And and people just don't want to do that no more. Justin, how much, I, I don't do, know. how much do we as parents, though, kind of have to do with that, right? I mean, Mike's mm-hmm. got kids. You've got kids. I've got kids where it's easy for us. I just feel like it's kind of weird. It's like we sit back and we talk about kids as if we aren't part of the problem in terms yeah. of how – we're rearing kids, right? That, like it, it doesn't sound right sometimes when when we do some complaining. Because <laughs> we, we've had this conversation because we're not honest about it. Right. We, we are afraid of the honesty. And so let's just be honest that there are some kids who pick a high school for academics, mm-hmm. but the majority of the kids pick high schools for sports and friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we don't want to say that. We don't, <laughs> don't want to say that. We don't want to say that. We don't want to say that I grew up in a neighborhood. And so when I went to Northwest, even though I was supposed to go to prep, I'm like, man, I'm going with Donnie Johnson, Danny, you know, all, Donnie, Donnie Craig and all them. Like yeah. I, that's where they, they were all in my neighborhood. Right. They were my brother's age, but that's why I went to Northwest. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we don't want to have that conversation because that, that takes the academia out of it. You know, I mean, come on, let's just be real. And if I think we start to have a real conversation, we can get to real solutions. So if you, if you take, well, that's interesting. Cause I'm, I know I picked my high school because of sports, mm. right? I, I picked Northwest. And that was like, you know, not I, longer time ago. I than picked now. Northwest because <laughs> I felt like that gave me the best opportunity to be better at baseball. There's no question about that, right? I didn't know anybody at Northwest outside of, of Coach Olson. I was the only one in my family to not go to Central. My dad was assistant superintendent at the time. I don't feel like that's – everybody does that. Yeah. You don't think we want to have those conversations? No. I, <laughs> no. Like, do you know how many people I've heard say, hey, I'm going to cent- – the, the baccalaureate program. Well, I tell you, man, that baccalaureate program. Or You've heard I'm going to three cent- people in your life say that. That's not true. Well, for whatever <laughs> the reason it is. But, but long gone have been the days where – you pick where you live because that's where the school yeah, is. Yeah, we're not. We haven't done that for a long time. No. <laughs> Agreed. But if you were, if you sit and list the board meetings, that's what we don't want to have that conversation. Yeah, really? Yeah, so that. enlighten me because that's interesting. Okay. Okay. Because we don't want to hire the best coach. Mm-hmm. If it was truly about sports, <laughs> we would hire the best coach. Rather, we want to hire people who are in the building who maybe I like, but the best coaches are still sitting on the sideline. Mm-hmm. See, David, you don't want to have this conversation. No, though. I'm in. I'm listening. I'm just laughing because. It's true, though. No, there's no question. <laughs> it's 100% but, but we want to hire, But we want to hire the best math teacher. Yep. That's funny. That yeah. is really funny. Because I actually think one of – one of the best coaches that I've been affiliated with in terms of what's been good for my kids, I just don't think a high school we'll would hire that. as a yeah. head coach. Because he can't exactly. be in the building every day, all day, every day. 
They want people, and 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 the principles are clear. Okay, let me give you an example. So, so I applied for a head coaching job. Uh, Galen Morrison applied for a head coaching job. Alvin Mitchell and a couple other people are all in the same pool. None of us got interviews, and this was a while ago. So it ain't it ain't any recent. Al, recent Al, Alvin was actually who I was talking about. <laughs> yes, right. None of us got interviews. And they hire somebody from a different high school because he was in the building and it sunk the program. And I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. I mean. You're wrong for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I'm just saying, like, that's the mentality. We're not, we not being honest about. And I think that goes to a lot of things. And I think that's why you have a lot of people today post-pandemic, post like, hey, we just need to have a little real conversation. And it's making everybody uncomfortable. It's just a it's making people fall under pressure. It's making people do things they normally don't do because it's, it's, it's in their face now. And, and, and we as adults need to start being honest, not just with ourselves, but with our kids about we're putting you in this school. We think it's a good choice for you sports wise, academically wise, whatever it is. And, and the school board and everybody should have that conversation. If we're not hiring the best coach, we're doing a disservice to those kids in whatever school. I would say that's, I, I mean, I, my oldest is four. And my wife and I are already have had discussions about, well, first of all, as their first thing is growing up, we just talked about this last night at the dinner table. Hey, if they're going to start doing, you know, sports and all that, and if there are participation medals and trophies that, sorry, she's not getting one. Like you're not, if you didn't win it, you don't get the medal. Sorry, that's just not going to happen. And if my my kid's going to be upset about it because everyone else has one and she doesn't, too bad. Like, <laughs> not happening. Hey, he says that now. Listen, as you no, know, no, ju- no. as as you know, Jay Wayne. Remember, I, remember once upon a time, I said, "Well, I'm not I'm not going to be the guy that 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 drives my kids around the country to play in these tournaments. Yeah, and, you and are. have seasons overlap and." I'm a multi-sport guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just sounds good. Also, hey. And then all of a sudden the season breaks out and you're like, wait a minute. I know we're in our seventh month of playing this sport, <laughs> but if I take the eighth month off, man, I feel like my kid's going to be behind. Yeah. I understand. Probably, understand. Right? Probably. Understand. Isn't it crazy how that happens? But, you know, but I hear, here's why I think why, though. I think it goes back to the high schools. Like where if we had great high school coaches across the Metro and you felt comfortable, your kid was plugged in there, they, those coaches would all work together. Mm-hmm. But instead you have everybody outside the school. Mm-hmm. And so your, 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 your season's running seven months because it's outside the school. If it was somehow tied in with the school and everybody felt comfortable on the same page, it wouldn't be that problem. That's so difficult. Cause I, I'm a, you, we've talked say. about this for years, right? Like, why do you think even in a public school setting, the greater good amongst coaches is so difficult to achieve, right? Because it should be focused in the schools. You have the facilities. You have the equipment. You, you, you have everything. You answer the question yourself. The, yeah. the, the best coach isn't coaching at that school. It's the AAU coach, and he's worried if I Som- – if, Sometimes if – no, no. If North gives somebody assistant coaching job, he's gonna steal my kids. If somebody get this freshman head coach job, he's gonna steal my kids. Like, 
we don't have the best in those sports at the school. I'm just saying, and that causes a lot of problems. Are we? Can we at least agree a little that basketball is kind of making the change first, right? Where you see guys like Reader from Waverly mm-hmm. or, or Lucian from Millard South or, you know, Coach Woodard, Coach Simons. Like those guys are coaching summer programs. Is it any coincidence why they're good? Yeah. And they're getting the kids. Yeah. So why wouldn't right. why wouldn't schools work the other way around? I, I don't know. I can't answer that one. I, I, you know what I mean? No, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> right? It's I don't know. But it's kind of the chicken or the egg though because those guys start coaching in the summers after they've already established themselves at high schools. So maybe well, that's, think- maybe that's what it is, right? Because because the schools were successful. Because it's crazy. I'm just telling you, especially here, the, the good high school coaches actually validate the AAU programs, yeah. not vice versa. Yeah. I agree with that. Right? Like, so how did that happen? I mean, Alvin is, Alvin is an outlier. Mm-hmm. But everybody – says they want him to coach at their school. I don't know if they really do, but I, I think Al, like Alvin is the outlier. He's the one guy that has, has risen above everybody everybody yeah. in terms of his coaching prowess, and he's done it his own way. That doesn't happen very often. I mean, I mean, I, I think I've risen to that. No, I'm joking. Um. Hey, early on, listen. See, it was all – Justin, it was all in the name. I agree. Yep. The Trailblazer program yeah. for a long time was the place to be. <laughs> There's oh, no question yeah. about it. But all, all the other stuff – so what got me, and this is the honest, the honest truth of what got me frustrated with, with the youth sports is when we turned them over to high school. I was never – I was never around high school coaches like that. I never consulted. Like one thing, I, one thing I give Alvin credit for, he is engaged with a lot of high school coaches. I just thought, hey, we're going to keep it going. And then all of a sudden I saw GPAs dropping. I saw kids who would start as a freshman, have the same school skill level as a senior. And I was just like, I don't, I don't understand. And I just, you know, after you pick up so many kids, drop them off, you're like, man, this is kind of, I don't know if this is worth my time. I mean, that's kind of how you started feeling. And so we, I stepped away, focused on my family, and that's – I mean, I'm going to get back in it now, but I didn't have the same uh, ages as Alvin and State coaching. You know, he he had always his kids right there. So I'll give him credit. He engaged the high school coaches. I just assumed naively that the high school coaches actually cared about people and and <laughs> wanted their kids to get better. Whoa. Whoa. I don't even, um, I'm not even I, sure I'm what I'm to a, do with I'm that. Gonna, I'm going to – I'm going to change gears a little bit here. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I just go back to kind of not, not sports, but we, my, again, four-year-old, and we have said, okay, we live here, um, but if, if we had to choose a high school right now, it would be one of three schools in the metro because you can go to wherever. And, the main three, the three of them, two of the three are, the one is our neighborhood school and the other two are, well, it's a pretty diverse school and I want my kid to experience that. So um, my question is, like, should that even be top of mind? Diversity? Well, yeah, like wanting my kid to experience 
other things because I, that's how I grew up. So I want my kids to experience that at the same time and not be, have some warped mindset of. Before you, know, you answer that, Justin, correct me if I'm wrong. That's how it used to be, right? You had one busing option for DSEG. You had one right. neighborhood mm-hmm. school. And was that it? Right. Were there two or three? No, it was one. So, like, if you lived in North Omaha, you either went to North or you got bus to Bryant. Mm-hmm. Number like the two options. And so that's the way it used to be. Then uh, after 98, actually, it uh, they opened up some more options. And then we changed it in 2013, not for the, really the better. We were just growing and we didn't have enough room in schools. Um, <clears throat> what will be interesting is when the new schools get built and how that's going to shift mm-hmm. and how – uh, that'll change some of the diversity. Like for me, like my daughter likes basketball. She likes track. If she, she is in third grade going into fourth, if I were to pick a school right now, I'm sending her to Northwest because Joe Nash is up there. Mm. I think he's a, a diamond in the rough that's one of the best all-around fundamental coaches that I know. Um, and they got a decent, or at least some decent track coaches that I, I don't know them very well. It's my first year doing track, so I'm not in that, in that lane. But and I like the diversity. I think diversity is important. But what I mean by diversity isn't just a diverse school where the top floor is all white and right. the bottom three floors is 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 all the black kids right. and brown kids. Right. I mean actual diversity. Yeah. And and that's some of the misnomers that we have in some of our schools is that they're still self segregated uh, by classes. And so Northwest is one of the few that that aren't. Hey, before we let you get out of here, I want to talk. Um, NIL and, and name, image, and likeness and owning your own name. And not necessarily just from a sports standpoint, but are, are, are you surprised that capitalism and kind of the, the money that the athletic world has generated has crept into University presidents, forethoughts, athletic director choices, conference affiliation. Was I naive or are you a little taken aback about how owning your own name and being in a position of power has kind of changed the landscape of how we look at college? So college sports and money has always been there. It's just been – who the NCAA wants to pick and choose to go after. And so now we are, we are adding some legitimacy, I think, to the, to the process. Um, a couple of years ago, I introduced a, the name, engine, likeness bill, and then Megan Hunt carried it across uh, last year, the year before. Um, it still hasn't implemented to 2023. We'll, we'll, I'll probably introduce a bill this year to, or next year to tweak it a little bit. What's going to happen is Congress is going to step into it because you got, you got, we're going to create an un unfair uh, playing field. I mean, Alabama's quarterback already got a million dollars in endorsements. Uh, so I think that's going to create an un, unfair recruiting advantage. Uh, although Nebraska got a lot of money, um, I, I think we are going to see, if we don't walk down this path carefully, uh, boosters just basically buying buying kids. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're that's the part that scares me is that we're getting away from some of the legitimacy of what kids should be able to do. And from a legal perspective, I think attorneys right now, uh, and I've been talking to them across the nation, because <clears throat> I'm, I'm thinking about dabbling in this, uh, are trying to figure out how to protect kids, but at the same time, allow them to maximize their dollars in college, but not hurt them going into pros. 
And so there's just going to be a lot of <clears throat> a lot of things that attorneys are going to have to work out. I mean, can the quarterback uh, be endorsed by Hooters at a at a private college that's Christian based? I mean, there's going to be a lot of things yeah. that people are going to have to tweak. And, you know, in our bill in Nebraska, it says anything that, you know, basically doesn't hurt the university and it can't be any major sponsor of the university. Um, but we're going to have to tweak all that. I just think from a basic standpoint, you had a lot of people uh, who came from nothing, went to college and the college made a lot of money off of them to uh, this underground buying. And they're trying to strike a balance, but nobody quite knows how to do it. And it's going to take Congress to step in and figure it out because you're going to have a hodgepodge of states where, you know, if I'm Atlanta and actually if I'm Nebraska, I'm going to open the floodgates to make sure, you know, housing and construction and Hawkins can put put their names on every kid so we can buy every kid we need to, to get a winning football program. How is that different, though, you guys, in terms and different than like cost of attendance, which is already different and fluctuates differently between colleges to begin with? Well, again, this kind of goes back to, you know, Yale is probably one of the Yale and Harvard are one of the most prestigious schools. And so the cost to go there for free is perceived to be higher, but uh, I'm not going to be academic. I'm going to, to play football. Um, and so that's why they don't necessarily get the top players. It's different because there's no real value to it. You know, not getting money and going somewhere for free is different than getting a check. Yeah. The, there's a perception difference. So if I'm getting a $50,000 check versus I ain't paying for something for $50,000, it ain't the same. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, I get it. It's like tra- it's like trading for a budgeted item. Yeah. Right. Versus yeah. versus having that it income left over and getting it anyway. Right. <laughs> but, but what's going to happen though is if Nebraska can't figure out how to compete and their and their athletes be able to take advantage of that you we're, we're going to we're not we're not going to be able to recruit the same. That that's going to be the interesting part is how companies uh, and corporations step up in Nebraska or choose not to and how other places might, might step up to, to build a football program legally. When it, one last one quick. and I got to get one more. Quick, yeah. Is, sorry, uh, Sasha. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry. How do you avoid the trickle down to high school with name, image, and likeness? Because already there are high school Kids but we just in, saw Mikey Williams. Yeah, but there are already high school kids and stuff, even in Nebraska, that are like, well, if you want me to show up to this, you're going to have to pay me some. How do we avoid How is that any different than most <laughs> No, I, I'm not just. <laughs> exactly. I'm not, I'm not just talking about basketball, though. Exactly. I'm not talking about basketball, though. I mean, no, from- I, I, think the, I think the difference is going to be there that, that they're under 18, they're, they're, they're minor kids. And so parents might maybe have an argument. But um, I think, you know, that's a good question. I, I, it may go there. I, I just don't think when it comes to public schools and, and the high school associations, I think that's a little different than because you're not getting a real benefit. Like there isn't like I'm not going to school for a free 20,000 and you're making a million off of me. Right. I'm going to school. And I, I mean, the most I'm going to get is a, a couple hundred dollars from the concession stands off of me. I mean, it's, right. it's a, it's a different, I think money grab. Yeah. Hey, Justin, before we let you go, you mentioned um, <clears throat> kind of just reflecting over the last two months and 
been in a strange time where you've never seen people really struggle like this and, and kind of be so vulnerable. Um, any, any encouragement, kind of words of wisdom, what you've been able to glean to kind of, um, I guess, self-help, kind of self-medicate kind of going forward? You, you may be on another round of, of COVID, depending on what happens with the variant businesses. A lot are, are kind of struggling. People aren't going back to work just yet. Prices at the grocery stores are higher. What have you been able to glean and to get yourself right over these last couple of months as you've been able to recharge or try to recharge? Uh, so I've been kind of studying stoicism. Uh, it's an old ancient philosophy uh, that basically, you know, uh, teach you to focus on things you can't control, focus on the things you can control and, and try to let go of the things you can't control. And then there's going to be a third area where you can kind of things you can influence, but you ultimately don't have control. And when you start putting things in those perspectives and actually practicing it, it, it makes you a little uh, easier to, to think about, well, you know, I can't control this, so I, I can't really stress about it. It doesn't make the stress go away, but it gives you a, a mindset. The biggest thing is, is what we don't talk about in our community is go talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and, and I don't necessarily mean, I mean, I would encourage people to talk to a licensed therapist, but, you know, when, when what happened here with uh, James Skurlock, you know, uh, I reached out to Damon, you know, and we just talked like, man, this is going on. This is crazy. I feel like the world's on me. Everybody's, you know, and the reason I reached out to him is because he's in the media in a sense and talks to people and gets the hate mail sometimes. Yeah. Like, and you got to find people who can relate to like yeah. what you're going through. Yeah. And all I called for in that entire process was just a fair process. Like, let's just see what all the evidence says. I didn't, I didn't go after, I never called him a murderer or guilty or nothing like that. I just said, Hey, we want a fair process. And, uh, so yeah, I reached out to Damon and I appreciate him being there, but it doesn't have to be, you know, a therapist per se, but if you can find somebody who has gone through similar things or is at least somebody you trust the judgment, just, you got to talk to people. And if you don't, you know, you're going to carry it within us and it's just, it's going to cause health problems. And from that, you're going to start probably drinking and, and doing everything else. So I just encourage people to talk and just be honest. And it's, and it's not a shame to be like, Hey man, I'm, I'm going through a little bit. I'm uh, I'm struggling a little bit and, and give me your perspective. Uh, and I think that's just important, not just in, in Nebraska in general, but particularly in our community, we just, we don't, we got this macho tough guy thing that we think we can't talk to anybody, but at the end of the day, there's always somebody going through something. And I guess the other thing I would tell people is before you react and judge people, you might want to just try to walk in their shoes and say, what, we don't know necessarily what they're going through. You don't know the pain they're suffering. I, I'm supposed to be at a funeral uh, earlier today, but I couldn't because we got payroll coming up. And so, you know, I'm thinking about that. And that kind of bothers me that this guy was a, a good mentor of mine. Uh, but you don't know what you're going through. And so people don't know what they're going through. So just suspend judgment and, and just ask people questions before you judge them. Mm. We had another 40 minutes. We're getting ready to get cut off. <laughs> we don't do it near enough, man. Anytime uh, we get a chance to get together, man, we're all in. It, it actually got Mike excited, too. That's rare that we both agree on on quality guests that we like. So 
Hey man, well, uh, next time we'll, we'll we'll introduce some legislation on uh, <laughs> putting uh, Nebraska uh, athletic associations uh, or school associations underneath the Department of uh, Education, so kids can have some uh, some rights when they get kicked out of a game. Ooh, and that's it. Uh oh. See, you you leave us with that little gem, man. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, we'll, we'll see. I know you got good ideas, man. Always good to catch up with you, man. Be good. All right, you have a good one, man. Yep, yeah, stay safe out there. there he's fantastic. Always got uh, lots of things he's done, lots of things he's been through. Yes. <laughs> well, how about that? Wow. Can you imagine? That'd be fun. He's been sitting on that one a while. Probably uh, a while. Yeah. <laughs> that was Justin Wayne. Another good one. Um, just keep moving along, man. Yeah. Talk, talk to somebody. It's always weird, man, to try to glean other people's perspectives. Man, that's the one thing I've learned pandemic-wise is just if I'm going through something or need some help. I called you yesterday. Yes, yes you did. And um, and, and, I I, called, and I let you vent, too, yeah, right? I was I, like, hey, I'm just yeah. trying to say. And you were like, okay, yeah, yeah. but. And I'm like, hey, I'm just – I wanted to say, hey, man, listen, but I had to, I felt yeah. like it was important for you yeah. to be able and to say I, that stuff. And I, I, you know, you're not the only one, but there are other people that I call and I'm like, hey, I just need to talk. Yeah. So. Try it. That's what we're here for. It's uh, Playing It Forward. Another episode will drop next Thursday. Appreciate the listen. Come on now. Tell your, tell your friends. Yeah. Tell your family. Subscribe. Why wouldn't you? Back next week. A Huda Media Production.